It's so good to be here. I'm so glad to see you. Turn and look at your neighbor and say, man, you look awesome tonight. Because really, you're looking mighty fine tonight, I'm telling you. I'm not just making this up. Not that I can see you very well, but no, I think you look good. I think you do. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with Pastor. I think tonight we're going to have some healing going on. I think some hearts are going to be healed tonight. Amen. You know, whenever I go somewhere to minister, I ask God, what do you have on your heart for them? You know, he, he's got something on his heart for you all the time. Did you know that? Yes. He knows you so well, he's got the hairs on your head numbered. Now, I always like to tell people, if, if you're in a relationship with somebody who's counting the hairs on your head, run for your life. Because that's just obsessive. And except that you are in a relationship with someone who's counting the hairs on your head. And I don't know about you, but even when I was just getting ready to come here tonight, I was combing my lovely hair and some fell out. So I am thinking that he's keeping a running count. Not just on mine and not just on everybody in this room, but I'm talking 6.5 billion heads. See, so just in case you wondered if God was paying attention. You know, sometimes we think, well, I prayed and God isn't listening to me. Stop thinking that. This is your loving Heavenly Father who is so crazy about you that he is keeping a running count of the hairs on your head. Now, some of us have more than others, you know. Some of us have less than others. But that he knows exactly how many there are. That's amazing to me. You know, God is so big and yet so small. He's into the big stuff, the big picture stuff, the run in the universe stuff. And yet he's into the finest details of your life. To the point where when you combed your hair this morning, he knew how many fell out. That's an amazing God you serve. An amazing father who sent his amazing son who bought an amazing covenant for you. You just can't lose for winning. At at Ramah, I teach Old Testament survey, and I also teach blood covenant. And I'm telling you what, from studying the Old Testament and studying the Old Covenant and then the New, I'm telling you what, ours is better. (laughs) We got the better end of that deal. We got a Savior who exchanged his nature with us. You just can't beat that. You know, you were lost and now you're found. You were dying and going to hell and now you're going to spend eternity with him. You were sick and now you're healed. You were broke and now you're abundantly provided for. You just can't lose. I read the end of the book. You win. So God is good and he has a wonderful plan for you. And what he has on his heart to talk with you tonight about is about Forgiveness. Because here's the deal. You know, I was talking with a lady one time. I was counseling with her, and she'd had a terrible, terrible life. You know, if you and I had heard the the story of her life, we would agree. You know, she was born into a terrible family. Not her fault, right? You know, little tiny children are taken terrible advantage of at young ages, and it's not their fault. And they grow up messed up. And it affects all their relationships and all of their lives and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how this woman was. Really, her life was just a mess. And as I was counseling with her, my heart just went out to her. And when I was in my prayer closet later praying about her, I said, God, you know, this just isn't fair. The way her life started out, you know, compared to like my life, the beaver cleaver growing up life, you know, with the mom in pearls and all that. I mean, just because I happened to be blessed to be born into a great family. I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? And neither did she. And I thought, this isn't fair, God. What can we do? How, are, how can you help her? You are the great equalizer. You know? And he said, there is an answer. And I said, oh, good. I knew you'd say that. What is it? And he said, it's forgiveness. And I said, nah Because that didn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? It wasn't her fault and all that kind of stuff. I thought, what do you mean it's forgiveness? That's, no, God, that's not the answer. But he said something to me that I'll never forget, and I've been telling everybody ever since, is that he said, forgiveness is how my relationship started with you. Do you know that's how you got to be a new creature? You got forgiven. And I thought, ooh, so there's more to this than I thought. Anybody ever want do-overs in their life? (laughs) This is how God does do-overs. It's how he did you over, right? He forgave you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, back when we didn't deserve it 
at all. He forgave us and he bought us into his family. All you had to do was say, yes, Jesus. You know, when, when you said, yes, Jesus, for the first time, you didn't even know everything you were getting. His covenant is so good, you've been learning about it ever since. And it's been blowing you out of the water, and there's more to learn. And so Jesus said, I washed you clean, made you a new creature by forgiving you. And I thought, wow, that is powerful. And I, when I talked to this woman about it, we started doing a study on forgiveness. And I found so many powerful things. And I have now gone all over the world teaching on forgiveness. And the testimonies I hear are stunning, amazing. I mean, I knew forgiveness was powerful. I knew it was something we all need in our lives. And you know what? You kind of have to freshen up on it from time to time. <laughs> kind of know what I mean. Just keep smiling. Nobody will know it's you. Because seriously, stuff happens. You know, and in fact, what I like to say to a group of Christians like you is not, are you harboring unforgiveness? Because we all go, oh, no, 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 no. Because we know we're not supposed to, right? <laughs> no, I'm not harboring. I'm, I, I, I've forgiven them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but then I like to ask the question, have you been hurt? Because <laughs> almost everybody goes, yeah. Because really, seriously, if you've been alive for longer than about an hour and a half, chances are someone's hurt you. Right? I'm sorry to say that that's part of life. So you can either go around collecting those hurts and let them have control over your future, or you can let them run off of you like water off a duck's back and be free to carry on with your life. And you know, some of us have had things happen to us that are so awful and so terrible. If we took a vote in this room, we would all agree, yes, you have been done wrong. But you know what? That vote isn't going to help you. It's not going to set you free. The only thing I know of to set a heart free from the pain of the things that have been done is forgiveness. And it's super natural. You know, some of us may have tried to forgive in the past or forgive someone. And, 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 you know, sometimes the hurt, maybe you've been carrying it a long time or the hurt was just completely devastating. I mean, some of us have had things happen to us that, you know, I am not in any way trying to diminish what has happened. Or to say it was okay. I'm trying to say, I want you to go free from it. And forgiveness is the way. It is the way. You know, if that's how God dealt with mankind, don't you suppose he put that ability on the inside of you to do it? You know, but what I have found, you know, I I went to a a ladies' retreat one time. Now, ladies' retreats are a little different because you, you come away. We went to the mountains, you know, and we, so you put away your regular everyday life and, and somebody just preaches the tar out of you for about three days. And so for three days, I preached on forgiveness, what the word says, what the word says. How many know the washing of the water of the word will do something in your heart and mind that you couldn't, that you knew you should do, but you can't do on your own. You got to have help from the word. And there was a woman, so I preached on forgiveness. And this woman, there's only about 30 of us. We're in this little kind of condo living room, really. It wasn't a huge type of a group. And this one woman was sitting way in the back, and nobody could see her except me. And she cried the whole time. Tears. Not loud, because nobody else knew she was crying, but tears down her face the whole time. I thought, somebody give her water. She's going to like dehydrate. <laughs> this poor woman, you know. And I thought, I wonder what's going on in her life. And, and you know, it's just word, word, word. You know, scripture, scripture, scripture. Because we need supernatural help from the word of God when we're deeply hurt. But God doesn't want you to stay deeply hurt. So after three days, we uh, kind of prayed. We, we, I led him in a prayer. I told him, in fact, write down in the front of your Bible the date and the person you've forgiven or the people you've forgiven. Or just say, on this day I forgave if it's somebody who's going to read the front of your Bible. <laughs> you know. And so she did. And then, we, and then the next morning we got up early and testified before we all headed back to civilization. And her testimony, she said, first thing she started out was she goes, well, last night I slept through the night for the first time in 20 years. Turns out unforgiveness keeps you up at night, amongst many other things that it'll do to you. And she, and she, she told the story about how when her, she was younger, her family joined a cult. One of those, every, you move to the camp kind of cult. You know, everybody goes there kind of a cult. And, and in her mind, it ruined her family. I think her parents ended up getting divorced from it. It just devastated their family. 
and I don't know how long they were involved in it, maybe 10 years. By the time they moved away from that, their whole lives were devastated. And she ran from God for a while, but she got back with God, but it had eaten her up. She hated this cult leader. And here's the ironic part. Now, by the time we get to this retreat, he's dead. So you're hating somebody who's dead. I mean, you're never going to get retribution for this, right? There's nothing, you know, in our hearts, we want somebody who made us suffer. We want them to suffer. This guy's dead. How much suffering can he do? So she's trapped in this without any way out, right? And so she wrote his name down in the front of her Bible after hearing the word, and she forgave him. She said all of her life Christians had told her, you need to forgive. She says, I know it, and I've tried, but I can't do it. See, in our hearts, we think if we forgive, somebody's going to get away with it. You know, or we're condoning what they did. Do you know that forgiveness has nothing to do with that? It has to do with you getting set free. And so this lady was able to give that up so that bondage from her past, that chain was cut when she forgave. But she had to have help from the Word. She also got healed. Turns out before, she had talked really loudly. You know, when we'd gather for dinner and everything, you'd always hear her voice above everybody else's. Well, when she gave her testimony, she was talking real quiet. And in fact, she went home and her family said, Mom, why are you talking so quiet? And she said, you know what? I think that I couldn't hear myself before. I think she was, she was hard of hearing, and when she forgave, all of a sudden, she could hear. So it turns out unforgiveness will hinder your healing as well. And so she got set free from that bondage of her past. How many know God wants you to be set free? He does not want you carrying hurt around. And, oh, my gosh, you know, hurt can range across the board. Somebody did something to you. Somebody didn't do something that they should have done. Right? Or we just get disappointed. Sometimes we're mad at ourselves. Just keep smiling. Nobody will know it's you. And we won't forgive ourselves. Come on, I'm sorry. If you're born again, you're one of God's people. you got to forgive you. you got to stop holding a grudge against yourself. Lord, have mercy. You are with you all the time. <laughs> you can't ever get away from you. You know, you got to give a revelation of how much God loves you and then love yourself that way. Yeah. Don't hold a grudge against yourself, you know. And I'm telling you what, Jesus paid a terrible price for your forgiveness and mine and for the person who hurt you or the people or the bitterly disappointing circumstance. Jesus paid for it already. He wants you to go free. He doesn't mean for you to live in it. It's the basis of your relationship with him, and it's really something. You know what? Some of us need to forgive a big thing that's been holding us back, that's been keeping us bitter. Some of us just need to learn how to do this real easy and good every day. Forgive the person who pulls in front of you in traffic. I always like to tell my students, driving is the best time to practice walking in love. (laughs) Right? There's something about people when they get behind the the wheel of a car. Bless God, don't you get in my way. (laughs) This is our domain, and you are in in it. You're in my way, you know? And we, you know, it's a great time to practice walking in love. But if we don't deal with people the same way God dealt with us, we're outside of his covenant. We're outside of his protection, his provision. That's why sometimes things are hindered that belong to us. Healing belongs to you. Did you know that? Peace belongs to you. Jesus said, I came, I gave you my peace, not as the world gives it. He wants you to walk in peace. But if you're going to hold a grudge, I like what one minister said, holding a grudge or harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other guy to die. It's killing you, and you don't want it. Now, some of us have big things. Some of us just have little things. We need to let things roll off us like water off a duck's back. It is the most peaceful way to live. Be a quick forgiver. Be a quick forgiver for somebody who took your parking place, who sat in your place in the pew, who looked at you funny, who made you feel bad, who didn't say hello today. Forgive them. But then there's big things. Big things. But we don't want those things. You know what? If you keep those things, they are chaining you to your past. 
Why, you know, why would you give a stupid person dominion over your future? The stupid person who hurt you. I'm telling you, cut the chain. Set them free. And forgiveness is the only way I know to do that. You know, un- unforgiveness is, is carnal. <laughs> Again, just keep smiling. No one loads you, okay? You know, because you know why flesh wants justification. But somebody already justified you. And somebody already justified them too. Okay, i got to tell you one, another story. There was a, a one girl who was, I was teaching this in, I teach this every term in Blood Covenant. And so um, one girl had been at college, and she uh, nearly got raped on a date. Okay? And so after this, she was complete. She didn't get raped, thank God. But she was completely terrified. And she actually said that she was supposed to be at Rama and she was running from God, and she went to college. So, of course, you know. Stuff happened to her because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Anyway, and so and so God protected her, and she didn't get raped, but she was terrified, you know, like, you know, just jumpy. And, and of course, she hated this guy who did this to her, and she was scared of everything. So she, she left college, and she came to Rama. So here she is sitting in my class, and, and she hears this on forgiveness, and she realizes that she needs to forgive this guy. How many know that the word shows up stuff in your life? Yeah. You know, as I'm preaching this tonight, some of you are thinking, oh, 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 I better forgive. This is not bad news, okay? This is good news. Shows stuff up in your life and makes you realize, oh, I am carrying around some junk that I could be free of. You know? And so she realized, I need to forgive this guy who almost raped me. And so she did. She prayed. She forgave. She, we, we talked about the scriptures. She read them. You know, she, she got a hold of what God had to say about forgiveness, and she forgave this guy. Well, this was on a Friday. She came and talked to me on a Monday. So on the Saturday, after the Friday that she forgave him, her phone rings. And she looks, and it's the area code from her hometown where she's from. It doesn't say who it is. And so she thought, well, maybe it's somebody that I know. So she answers it. It's the guy. Okay, now, if she'd known it was the guy, she wouldn't have answered the phone, right? She was formerly terrified of the guy, but she forgave him yesterday. It's the guy. And he sa- she says, hello. And he said, it's blank, whatever his name was. You prayed for me. And she goes, who is this? You know, I mean, what, what do you mean? How do, what? You know, and he says, listen, I'm in a hospital. I was in a car accident yesterday. And uh, when I got to the hospital, uh, they proclaimed me dead, but I came back to life, and God talked to me. Now, this guy isn't saved, okay? <laughs> he says, and God talked to me and said that I would have died except that you forgave me. It turns out that you forgiving people turns them over to God for him to be able to work on. I'd never heard a story like this before. You know, like, like I said, I've been every time I teach on forgiveness, I hear some sort of other amazing story about what it does. Because apparently you harboring unforgiveness is against someone is, is holding them in bondage as well. Yes. Now some of you are going, yeah, I wish they'd die. <laughs> But do you know she led this guy to the Lord on the phone? Isn't that a better ending to the story? Man, and I was stunned. Really, that was amazing to me. I, I always thought we forgive mostly for us. It's our commandment. It's how we get free. But it turns out when you release people to God, they can get free as well. Whew, amazing, amazing. Totally amazing. So what I want to do here is go through some scripture with you, okay? If I were you, I'd write this stuff down, but listen, here's the deal. There is a tape series back there, a CD series. Not tape, I'm sorry, I'm old. CDs. (laughs) It's a two-CD series. It's called Free to Go On, The Power of Forgiveness, okay? So here's the deal. If you, because it's actually got more stuff in it than we're going to be able to cover tonight, because this is just one service, this is apparently two. And so... um, If you have an issue with forgiveness, if it's been hard for you to forgive, either the big thing or just daily, you need to get this and you need to listen to it again and again and again. Soak your spirit in it until it becomes good news and more real to you. Because sometimes the thing is big that you have to forgive. You know, I like to send this home with people so that they can have forgiveness going into their hearts and minds because it's the word that will set you free. You know, so it's back there. Anyway, so let's just look at these verses really quick. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. 
you don't want to, to the past, what's been done to you in the past to determine your future. That the only way I know to get free of it is forgiveness. It's supernatural. You know, we are not meant to be natural beings. Aren't you glad? You are born again. You are not meant to live under the curse. Now, you live on an earth with a curse. You get that, right? So the curse is going on around you all the time. you got to push back based on what your covenant says, which is that's why you read your Bible, you know? You don't read it so, okay, I read my six chapters today, so I'm a good Christian, so I deserve the blessings. Try to get that out of your head because you didn't deserve nothing. Except Jesus gave it all to you. And so you have it by believing him. And believing him comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You read the word to find out about the covenant so that you believe it more than you believe the curse. This is a faith proposition across the board. You have to believe what he said. You have to believe that you're the righteousness of God in Christ because he became sin for you. Not because you're so good, because he's so good. You know? And so Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 It says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong book. Yeah, 2.13, Colossians. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. So remember this. The way you got made new, the way, he for, the way he made you a new creature, the way that you were dead and he made you alive was by forgiving you. So he started it. And he could do that with you in your sad, sinful, on your way to hell condition. He gave you the same ability to do that with whoever has hurt you. And this is how he starts things over. Wouldn't you like to start over? Wouldn't you like to put the past behind and start fresh? Put the disappointment, put the hurt, put who did something to you or who didn't do something to you or, you know, all the disappointments from your life. Put them behind and start fresh. Doesn't that sound good? This is how you do it. This is how he did it. Colossians 3.12, as long as you're there, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, that's you, you know, holy, beloved, elect, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Did Christ forgive you? We are all accountable for this. And so, he says, so the same as you've been forgiven, you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive. And I hope that doesn't sound like bad news to you, because it's just the best news ever. Yes. Did you like being forgiven by Jesus? Yes. Did it change your entire life? Yes. Here we go again. You can change your entire life. You can get free from the past. You can forgive. And he says, actually, when Jesus says something about you must do, when Paul says you must do, when God says you must do, guess what? <laughs> he doesn't make it hard, does he? He's pretty plain. He pretty much lets us know what we must do. Some people are like, no, I'm hugging this grudge. You know, some of us were brought up in families of professional grudge holders. And again, just keep smiling. It's not your fault, okay? But I'm, so for you, it might be a little more work, okay, to get free, to not be a professional grudge holder. But I'm telling you what, it's a life of freedom, and it is worth it. Get the CDs and listen to them 8,000 times, okay, until you renew your mind, because that is a life of freedom. That is the way God wants you to live. Aren't you glad? Listen, you know, John 13, 35, you know, this is where Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. And he said, that's 34. 35 says, by this, by this loving one another, will all men know that you're my disciples. By this loving one another. Not by this holding a grudge against each other. Talking bad about one another. Do you know the world is watching us? They don't really know that's what they're watching for. That's how they gauge whether or not we're real. By how well we love one another. We could practice. We could get better at this. We could be really good forgivers. Because it's a life of freedom. And, And, you know, I know some of you think, but you don't know what they did to me. And especially if you've been having that thought for a really long time, you know. But don't give them any more power. 
I understand what they did to you. Hurt. You know, some of it maybe changed your economic situation. Maybe they stole from you. Maybe they killed someone. I knew a woman one time who, and she was mad at somebody she didn't even know. Her son had been killed in the war. I have sons. I try that on. That's hard. I can't imagine sending my son off to war and having them die, except I know where they would go. You know, but she hated the Army, the American government, for sending her son to war. And so she had that unforgiveness, and it made her bitter, and it made her hard. And she heard this message, and she realized she'd been holding a grudge against somebody she didn't even know. How hard is that? No burden. We can't bear that kind of a burden. And so she got free by forgiving America. Good sounds big, but she did it. And she was free. God wants us to be free. It's the only way you're going to be able to go on. You know, and I like to tell people, some of those are big. Some of them are small, little irritations. But I'm telling you what, if you think of it more than once, just go ahead and forgive them. Kind of a good policy to go by. You know, some of us think, well, I know I shouldn't even be mad about that because they didn't mean it or it's not that big a deal. But I'm telling you what, if it's stuck in your craw and you think about it more than once, just go ahead. Just forgive them. Get free from it. You know, the little tapes we play over and over in our head about what we'd like to say to them, and then they'd say this back, and then we'd say this to them, and then they'd say this back. Am I the only one who plays those? Well, they're stupid tapes. Because even if you started a conversation, it's not going to go like the tape in your head. Why are you giving this so much airtime in your brain? Meditate the word instead. Do something good for you. You know, when you start to have thoughts and you get that feeling, stop. Stop and just forgive. You know, because it's freedom. And you know what? The great thing is God just wants to meet you there. He just wants you to want to. He'll meet you there and do the work. You don't have to do all the work to forgive you. I've tried to forgive. I'm telling you what, you bathe your spirit in these scriptures we're going to talk about and let the word do the work. God help me to forgive them. And you know what? He has never turned anybody down who's prayed that prayer. He will help you forgive them. And you'll experience freedom. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Thank God for his word. It makes us free. The truth will make you free. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it always makes you free. The beauty of me coming here to tell all you this is that I don't really know you, and so I'm not really preaching at you. I'm just trying to show you a way. You know, sometimes it's harder for a pastor to preach this kind of message because you think, he just knows I'm mad at him. (laughs) Or he knows about our situation. He's just talking right to me. Well, I'm not talking right to you. I'm just trying to help you. This is a path for freedom. Aren't you glad? God gave us a way to freedom. Look at Matthew 6:14, and it says, "For if you for this is in red in my Bible, so I'm assuming that Jesus is saying it, okay? For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." Great news, but read the next verse. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, maybe we should just move that, that scripture right up to the top because I'm telling you what, that one just makes it a good idea, doesn't it? Yep. I like to be in my Father's forgiveness bucket, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. I goof up. I'm human, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm born again on the inside, but I still got flesh and I still got a soul. And I do dumb stuff sometimes, and I like that he's ready to forgive me just like that. I like that about him. And so I want to be sure that I'm doing that with other people as well. Because the Bible says this. I'm not saying this. The Bible says this. If you don't forgive, God can't forgive you. Ah! That just makes me run and run and forgive everybody. You've got to stay on God's forgiveness side, right? you got to. Look at Mark 11:25. 25. And, you know, like I said, you keep reading these scriptures and reading them and reading them and let the word do the work. Believe that God is going to help you and you'll get over to a place where it's easy for you to just be a forgiver. You don't hold the grudge. You don't get bitter. You don't start a root of bitterness. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You don't want that. That grows a tree of bitterness. And then you have fruit of bitterness. 
Ew. You don't want that. You want the joy of the Lord. You want peace. And this is how you get it. You walk in the word the way he says to. You let him help you forgive. Mark 11, 25. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. It says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone. Everybody say anything. Anything. Against anyone. anyone. Okay, now right off the bat, I'm pretty sure that's going to cover your thing. (laughs) Okay? So if you have anything against anyone, what does it it say? Forgive him. In the Amplified, it says, let it drop, leave it, let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Doesn't that sound good? Don't you want God to let your feelings and shortcomings drop? There's a condition. You have to do it. And I love that image. Just leave it. Let it drop. Back away. Don't don't pick that up again in your thought life. Don't tell anybody about it again. Hello? (laughs) When somebody brings up so-and-so who did the thing, you'll know if you've gotten all the way to forgiveness. Because I've done this. You know, where you thought you forgave them, and then somebody brings it up, and bleh. Oops, need a little more work there in the Word, don't we, Lord? Thank you for helping me. Right? So leave it. Let it go. Let it drop. Doesn't that sound freeing? Think of it as, you know, a, a, a ball and chain. Pain attached to you and everywhere you go. This says, leave it. Cut it off. Let it drop. Just walk away. Doesn't that sound freeing? Instead of it determining your future, instead of the the gnawing and the pain and the sadness and the grief following you around, leave it, let it drop. Look at Luke 6. And look at verse 35. This is a great verse. This is a great, great verse. I bet nobody's got this verse on their fridge. I bet you not. There's not a refrigerator magnet verse. But you should all put it on your fridge. It says, love your enemies. I didn't say the Bible did. Now, this is the least likely thing that your flesh wants to do with your enemies. Okay? If you have an enemy, which you shouldn't, because you're a good forgiver, right? If you have an enemy, that means you want them to pay. You want dirt to be done to them. You want them to get what they deserve. You want them to suffer and die. They're your enemies. Okay? And the Bible says, no, don't do any of those things. Love them. It's supernatural, isn't it? You have to have supernatural help for this. And the good news is you do. Romans 5.5 5 says the love of God was shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to tell you tonight that he did a good job. He did a good job shedding the love of God abroad in your heart. Don't think that somebody else, well, Pastor Mark, he's good at loving people, but me, I didn't get as much love dose. <laughs> yeah, you did. You tell me the Holy Ghost did a good job on him, but not on you? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You can do this. Love your enemies. Do good. And land, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. And then notice the next verse right after that, the one everybody likes to talk about when it comes to money. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Notice the context. If, if verse 31 hadn't been working for you, go up a verse. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. You can't be holding a grudge and expect the, the giving to be producing. You're outside of the way God does things. He's a forgiver. You don't want to be outside of the way he does things. He doesn't hold a grudge. He's not holding a grudge against you, against anybody. So we shouldn't either. Because he knows that that's, that's not freedom. That's not peace. 
You know, again, and you know, you think your story may be horrible and you've been betrayed. But look at Jesus in, in, in you know, in, in Luke 23, 24, he said, Father, forgive them. He's been betrayed by his inner circle. He's been beaten. He's taken the sin of the world upon himself. He's been chose, they chose a, a, to release a prisoner, a, a murderer over him. Gosh, you could really feel rejected. Isaiah calls him rejected of men. And yet what comes out of his mouth before, before he dies? He's hanging there in pain, bleeding. And he says, Father, forgive them. If he could do it, you could do it. Your Savior left you a great example, and he plans to help you do it. Leave it. Let it drop. Thank God. Thank God. You know, another story. I have a friend who uh, works at Kenneth Hagin Ministries as a writer there. And, you know, God's called him to preach, and he, and he, but he grew up. Um, actually, his parents got divorced when he was younger, and his father then went on to marry somebody else and have a whole other set of kids, a whole other family, really. And so he and his sister and his mother kind of just got left out in the cold. The new family got all the good stuff. You know, they got the new house and the, you know, most of the money and the, you know, the pittance was given to you know, these guys. And he hated his father. And he was a Christian and he got born, I mean, he got born again and, when, and he knew that he couldn't hate his father, so he forgave him. But he heard a message on forgiveness and he realized that he was still carrying around this resentment because it's not fair. Have you ever noticed that life isn't always fair? I don't know if that is new to you, but it's not. And it's just as well, it's better for you to focus in on God instead of on the unfairness because you'll spend your whole time thinking about how unfair life is. And those are bitter people, you know, unhappy people. I mean, sometimes life isn't fair, but you know what? God is the great equalizer. Romans 8:28 is my favorite scripture. And this we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. You know, if things aren't working together good, I just figure the story isn't over yet. The unfair part? Yeah, well, we're just not to the end. Keep going. Keep going. Because he's faithful. So my friend, Jeff, he, he forgave his dad again. He heard this message. And you know, right after he'd made this commitment to God, he heard the message, he, he read the scriptures, he believed the Lord to help him, and he, and he forgave his father. Right after that, he started getting all sorts of calls to come and minister. Before that, he'd been kind of striving and trying to get out there and preach more and, you know, working at it and not nobody would have him and blah, 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 blah. And after he forgave his dad... It's all just started coming into place. He preaches somewhere now about every month. He's all over the country, went overseas and preached. And, you know, and the Lord just spoke to him and said, I needed all that stuff out of the way. You can't cart that stuff around with you and expect the word to flow through you effectively to help others. God wants us to be free of this stuff. And it's so, so, so powerful. He was able to step into his calling and do it. That other guy got saved because of it. The one lady slept and got healed because of it. I'm telling you what, it's the most powerful thing. And I don't know that we emphasize it enough in our lives. Because you're supposed to be a good forgiver, a quick forgiver. You don't want anything, any bitterness, any resentment, any you know, unfortunate unfairness hanging on to you. It's like glop following you around. It's like poison eating your lunch. You don't want it. You know, look at Matthew 18, and we'll, and we'll stop here. This is an amazing story. In fact, I think I'll just uh, recruit some volunteers to help me with this. I'll give, we'll give you a visual. Okay, Matthew 18. Look at verse 21. I love this. Peter has been listening to Jesus talk about forgiveness, and he says this. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. <laughs> Peter's using all of his faith on this one. I am being as big as a big a faith as I can imagine. I can forgive somebody seven times, but that eight times, it's over. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Right? And look what Jesus tells him. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490 per day, per person. 
What's Jesus saying? He's saying, sorry. There's no, I'm not ever going to put a limit on this because I want you to be free every time. <laughs> I want you to live in forgiveness, Peter. I don't want you to say, as many times as you've done this to me, now there's no more Mr. Nice Guy. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean you necessarily go into business with somebody who stole from you. Or you, you know, you keep, you don't have to keep doing what you did with them. You don't have to even keep relationship. But you have to forgive in your heart. And you know that's between you and God, not anybody else. It doesn't mean you even have to trust them and do, you know, that kind of a thing. Because I know sometimes it happens over and over. I'm not talking about being a doormat, okay? I'm talking about getting your heart free. I'm talking about walking in forgiveness. And so listen to this story that he tells. Okay, therefore this is the kingdom of heaven is like this. Okay, now when Jesus says that, the kingdom of heaven is like this, he means this is God's way of operating. This is the way you're supposed to live on the earth. Now think about God. Is he ever sick? No. Is he ever worried? No. Is he ever in lack? No. Does he ever wonder how things are going to turn out? No. no. I want to live like him. Amen. Right? I want to do things his way. He's got it all together. He, he's the only one. Okay? So when somebody says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus is saying, do it this way. Okay? And so he says, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. He says, there was a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Mark, come stand up here. Mark can be the king. I think it's only right, don't you? <laughs> okay. This is a king, and, he, and he's, he gets out the books. You know, he, he, he calls his accountant, and he says, does anybody owe us money? And the, and the accountant says, yeah, as a matter of fact, some of them do. And when he began to settle the accounts, verse 24, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Let's see who wants to volunteer. You can be. Come on, come on, Amy. Amy can be. Amy owes him 10,000 talents, okay? Sort of like... Uh, a million bucks. Okay? And it says, but he, which we'll just say she in this case, okay? Verse 25, she was not able to pay. And, and so Mark, the king, commanded that she be sold with her wife, okay, her husband, and children, and all that she had, and payment be made. Well, the servant fell down before him. This is where you fall. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I like it when I get dramatic people to help me. <laughs> the servant fell down and said, Master, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. <laughs> and so look what happens in verse 27. The master of that servant was moved with compassion. That sounds like him, doesn't it? Moved with compassion. <laughs> and released Amy and forgave her the debt. Okay, that doesn't say, that doesn't say, they didn't set up payments Okay? They didn't say, I'll let you go and you pay me back, you know, $1,000 a month until the million is paid off. No. Forgave the debt. Wiped clean a million-dollar debt. This is like party day. Right? This is awesome. Forgiven the debt. It's amazing. All right, I need another volunteer here. Come stand up here. Over here. Okay, and then see what happened. Keep reading. But that servant, Amy went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Okay, so this lady owes ten bucks <laughs> to Amy, who has just been forgiven a million dollars. Okay? And says to the servant and it says and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. <laughs> And he said, pay me what you owe. And the fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged and said, see if this sounds familiar to you, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. Heard this anywhere before? <laughs> Hello. And he would not, but went out, but went and threw him into prison. You can go sit down. Thank you very much. <laughs> Until he should pay the debt. Now, how you pay a debt from in prison, I do not know, okay? But that's what it says. And so when we all heard about it, it says, when his fellow servants saw what he had been done, we were grieved. You dweeb. You were just forgiven a million dollars, and now you sent that guy to debtor's prison for ten bucks? And we came and told the king, King, you know that guy that you just forgave a million bucks? He just went out and choked his fellow servant for ten and sent him to debtor's prison. And so it says that the king, after he called him, now you have to go back over there and face the music. (laughs) 
And he said to him, the king said to the, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servants that I had pity on you? And his master was so angry, he delivered him to the torturers. You can go sit down until he should pay all that was due him. So give him a hand. They did a great job. But here comes the sobering part of the story in verse 35. It says, So my heavenly Father also will do it to you if each of you from your heart do not forgive his brother his trespasses. In the story, you and I are Amy. We were forgiven all by Jesus. He is not holding one thing against you. Who are we to hold even the worst thing against anyone? It's not right. The kingdom of heaven says, you forgive. You let it go. You let it drop. You don't let this thing continue to eat your lunch and harbor a grudge. It ought not be said amongst the body of Christ who has been forgiven everything. And I pray that that gives you faith to see it the way God sees it. He says, I forgave you all. I forgave when I was hanging on the cross. You've been forgiven everything. This makes it easier. Easy for you to get forgive. There's nothing that you can hang on to. Remember Mark 11:25 said, if you have anything, big, small, regular, irregular, long time happening, long time happening ago or happened today, forgive so that God can forgive you. See, I'm telling you, when you forgive, you're not condoning what they did. We tend to think, well, if I if I forgive them, they're going to get away with it. Do you know that Galatians 6, 7 says, God isn't a fool. <laughs> God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. You leave them to God. Amen. You let God deal with them. You know, Romans says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I heard Oral Roberts say this one time, and it's so true. He goes, you know why God says vengeance is his and not yours? Because vengeance is too hard on you. It's too hard on you. Humans can't carry vengeance. Now, you know, there's a million TV uh, and, and Hollywood movies with the theme of get revenge. But I'm telling you what, it's ungodly. That's right. And it's eating people's lunch. They, they, they spend their whole life doing something that's anti-God. Vengeance is the Lord's, not yours. And he's not fooled. They will reap what they have sown. Okay, they're not getting away with it. And so you might as well just leave it and let it go. And you're not saying that what they did was right. You're getting free. You're obeying the word. So it doesn't have any... And, and here's the other thing. We, we, we tend to say, I'll forgive them when they say they're sorry. <laughs> because we want them to know how bad they hurt us. Right? Just keep smiling. Okay. You know what? Here's the deal. They may never acknowledge that they hurt you. You know what? Get free anyway. Yeah. Obey the word anyway. I remember counseling with a woman one time who had been abused by her father, sexually abused as a child, and he to this day denied he ever did anything. And that just ticked her off. You've ruined my life and you won't even admit it. And you can see where that's a little hard to take. But are we going to let that determine our future from now on? Why would you let something a stupid person did hang on to you? Yeah. Let go. Amen. Let it drop. Forgive them. Let God deal with them. And it turns out he does, like the guy, you know, who was in the car accident and didn't die. He does deal with them. You turn things over to him and he will. So, you know, <clears throat> if you're thinking about forgiving somebody who deserves it, just stop it right now. You know, if we all got what we deserved, we'd die and go to hell. Aren't you glad nothing about God's covenant has anything to do with your deserving or mine? Amen. I'm glad every day. Amen. So you don't forgive somebody because they deserve it. Nope. <laughs> you don't forgive them cause they, because they're sorry, because they might not be. But you forgive them so you'll go free. You forgive them so you're in the covenant. You forgive them so that you do what the word of God says. So that he can forgive you. 
So many good reasons. You know, we, our flesh says, but someone has to pay. And I'm just here to tell you that somebody already paid. And I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad he paid for me. And you know what? I'm just as glad that he paid for you. And I'm just as glad as he paid for the stupid person who hurt you. Someone already paid. So let, let it go. I want, what I want everybody to do is just close your eyes and bow your head tonight. We're just going to say a prayer of forgiveness, okay? You may have had somebody in mind all along as I'm talking. You may not have anybody in mind. You may just need to become a good forgiver, okay? But I just want to take care of this tonight. Today can be the day where you put it behind you and you can go free, okay? So just pray this with me. Father God, I see in your word where you want me to forgive. And I'm believing you, Father, to help me. And right now, I give that one to you, or those ones to you, that have hurt me, that have stolen from me, that have disappointed me, or I forgive myself, and I forgive all, Father, just as you have forgiven me. And when when their names come back up, or when I think of them again, I'll say, no, I forgive. I'll bathe my spirit in your word. I trust you to help me. And from this day forward, I'm going free. I'm going free. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And you know, just make a practice of that. Get good at it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it and keep doing it. I believe God has a freedom for you to go on and carry on the things that he's called you to do. Thanks for being good listeners. Amen.